0: If there is a God that if if you have God as the centerpiece of your life, then he can see a lot more than you can. Cause you're human. I I'm right now in Atlanta. I'm mm-hmm. in Emory. I'm in a small room right now. Yes. Uh but the Christian God, uh, he's the God of everything. Like he's one God. He's um he's monotheistic, but He knows and he can see a lot more than I can. So my picture is really small. If I put my life in God's hands, I know that there is a bigger future for me. More than I can see, more than I can see.
1: Hi, this is Persona Karul and I'm with... Uh, Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, Josh, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, I'm doing good. Alright, um, where is home for you and where did you grow
0: up? Um, home for me is, um, Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, I grew up in, uh, Oregon for most of my life. Um, we moved up there because of, uh, economic opportunity because, uh, I was originally from California, but, uh. There were some issues there, and so we decided to move up to Oregon. And it was a good place for me to grow up. Yeah. Do you like Oregon? Um, honestly, there's nothing to do in Oregon. <laughs> uh, I mean, the things that people come to Oregon for is the hipster vibes, the weed, the books, the coffee. Um, I usually vibe with the books and coffee, though. Uh, those are my go-to. Um, I don't know, home, to me, doesn't really have a, uh, like a physical place. It's like the place you make it. Mm-hmm. So right now, home for me would be Emory University. Um, Oregon is a cornerstone to uh, show my background. Um, I really uh, enjoy going back and redoing the things that I've done in the past and it feels extremely nostalgic, especially nature stuff because I grew up uh, doing a lot of sustainability acts um, around a lot of trees, a lot of camping, a lot of outdoor recreation.
1: So I'm hearing you are very active about the environment, et cetera, kind Uh, of? Sort of.
0: Okay. Yeah, like, um, please don't take away my forest. Don't take away my trees. you can do everything you want, but if you ruin that natural beauty, I will come and get you. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, what
0: did or uh, do your parents do for a living? Uh, my parents, uh, only my dad works. Mm-hmm. Um, I, My family, uh, we are a pastor family, so he works at the church. He's a minister there. So uh, I grew up actually most of my life in the church. Um, I'm pretty sure like if you look at my uh body makeup, I would be like thirty percent made out of church food because <laughs> I spent most of my time there, yeah,
1: how do you think that's affected your childhood or like your current views of the
0: world et cetera um, the place the the place of church um it really helped me um it was a good place for me to develop uh because there are Uh, a lot of the Christian morals that they uh, abide by are very um, peaceful and they're very, well, the place I grew up in, um, they were edifying. They wanted to uh, build each other up. Um, My family, we didn't have a lot of, uh, like, money to begin with, but a lot of people helped us out, and they still currently help us out. Like, they love my dad, Mm -hmm. and then so it kind of trickles down and they love me in response. So um, it's like, I don't know, all the, all the middle aged like women there and all the old grandpas, they're like all my, they're like my grandpas and they're like all my moms. And each one really impacted me in a certain way.
1: That's a great community to have growing up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What were you curious about as a child? As
0: a child, huh? as a child, I was really curious about life and death. Okay. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I was really curious about life and death as a kid um, and it's it's a strange thing to think about um as a little kid, especially um I always thought that whatever I do, let's say um I go out, I decide to like go out and explore. Uh, a new place, right? Mm-hmm. I would think, how would this place impact my life? And will it, you know, be good for my life or would it be bad for my life? In in the aspects of life and death, I mean, like, let's say I go to a place that has a lot of um, drug issues, right? Would I end up doing the drugs? Uh, let's say I go to a place that has a lot of, like, the place is very um, focused on community. Would I be really involved in the community? Um, also, it was kind of I was a I was a special kid, <laughs> yeah, I was a really special kid. I would think like, oh, look at this apple. Um, if I eat this apple, would I live longer? If I eat this apple, would I die? You know, yeah. you know like Snow White. So, disparities between the two, but it's my own thing.
1: <laughs> well, h- how did you think this developed? Like, you looking to look you looking through your experiences as if would this help me live or would this make me, or would this help me die? How did you get that, like? Where did it come from?
0: Do you know? Uh, I think it's because uh, because I I grew up in a very Christian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, John three sixteen was enforced so much, and basically it's like. What's John three sixteen? John three sixteen in the Bible. It's the um, it's the Christian like dogma. It's like for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Okay. So that's basically you believe in Jesus. Uh, and you forget your sins are forgiven and you will have internal life with them. That's the utopian, you know, thing. So knowing that I was like, but what if I have doubts? What if I, you know, what if I don't believe accidentally mm. Would I die? So I was very, very, like, uh, cautious about everything. Uh, although that's a really religious like, oh, you go to hell or you go to heaven, right? I took that perspective and I put that in my daily life. Wow, okay. So would this action make me go to hell or would this
1: action make me go to heaven? Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, so like, uh, would riding this bike, this actually happened, Mm -hmm. uh, would riding this bike with like really bald tires, this bike is falling apart, literally is falling apart. Uh, Riding this bike and doing like drifting, like I made like marks on the sidewalks, <laughs> like going. Okay, no helmet, just going really fast on the road. Would that impact my life in any way? I did it. Uh huh. I did not die, but I almost got injured.
1: Wow. Yeah. So how did it impact your life? Did it impact, it impact my
0: life? Yeah. I'm not gonna ride that bike
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I like I like that perspective, and it started as a young age because you were you grew up in a church. Christian family yeah. household.
0: Yeah. Okay. Especially that.
1: So, with that, with that religious, like, childhood, how does that influence your life today? And, like, how does, has that broadened your perspective to other religions? How has been, like, living in a Christian household impact your life today and your, like, opinions about that today?
0: Well, that is a very bulky discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could, um, you know, classify each one. Uh, the first part, uh, my Christian background uh, was a stepping stone for my own personal faith. And I realized this at, like, it was, like, sophomore year in high school. Uh, I was going through a crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was basically a very um, a pubescent kid, extremely, like, not really rebellious. My type of rebellion was, like, I won't, like, you know, go, like, gosh, mom, I hate you when I leave the door. It was, like, Uh, I would be really disappointed in a lot of things, especially my parents' behaviors about certain things. I was like, I could have done it better, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But in sophomore year, I kind of um, had doubts about my own faith. And I was like, is this my, is my belief in God my belief? Or is it what my parents made me do as a kid? Because uh, they, uh, they kind of pushed me to go to church. And then I realized that, hey, it's time to own it up at this point. So, uh, there was an opportunity for me, and I got to go to uh, Korea Mm. and meet a bunch of different people. Uh, There was this program called Ezemaya and basically, uh, the idea was that to bring all the Koreans from around the world back to one place to serve and to uh, really learn about God. So there, I actually learned how to read the Bible there for the first time, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, I always remember doing, like, it's called QT, which is quiet time, where you just, like, uh, mom tells you, read, like, two two chapters in the Bible each day, and then you get to, like, play on your phone or something, right? Uh-huh. But then, going to this thing, it really taught me that, like, wow, uh, well, the, the theme of the entire program was, hey, there's this driver's seat that you're in, right, mm-hmm. um, but Know that whatever you do, no matter how far you go, you're not going to go, there's a limit, right? And uh, sometimes I don't make the best decisions. And I know that. And sometimes I don't know what I'm doing, right? So in that case, uh, realize that I am not the king and God is the king. And uh, basically from that, I realized that, hey, in my life, I'm going to make a lot of bad decisions and I don't know I'm not I'm really scared about the future because I don't know what the future holds. Right. Um, but what I was taught was that uh, I don't have to worry about that because God has a plan for me and I just need to listen and watch and I have to just uh, follow him. Yeah. So the 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 whole thing I learned really was how to read the Bible and really realizing that I'm actually not the centerpiece of my life. If I am in the centerpiece of my life, I can only see so much because my vision is limited, mm-hmm. right? But in a, in a very like uh, supernatural uh, viewpoint, if there is a God, which I do believe, but if you don't believe in God, right? If there is a God, that if, if you have God as the centerpiece of your life, then he can see a lot more than you can because you're human. I'm right now in Atlanta. I'm Mm -hmm. in Emory. I'm in a small room right now. Yes. Uh, But the Christian God, uh, he's the God of everything. Like, he's one God. He's he's monotheistic, but he knows and he can see a lot more than I can. So my picture is really small. If I put my life in God's hands, I know that there is a bigger future for me, more than I can see, more than I can see. And that's really exciting for me. That's also very um, comforting because I don't have to worry about what the future is and what purpose I have because I know my purpose is um, God's work for me. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's what I learned, and I still carry that um, belief with me to this day. Uh, but the thing about faith uh-huh. is that as a human, you have so much doubts. Uh, but amidst all that turmoil, and every time I fall down, and every time I like, like you know, go like, what the heck? I, why do I want to believe in God, right? Yeah. Uh, there's something about, there's there's like this innate peace I have, uh, when I just come back to God. Like I just realize, um, you know, like I know that God says don't do this, right? But I end up doing it, right? And I feel so bad, uh, and I decided, you know what? Screw God. I don't need God. I just keep on going down that path. There's something about once you believe in God and you hold on to him, and no matter how much time you abandon him, he will not abandon you, and you just get pulled. And it's really comforting because you know that you're never alone. And that's why I stick with the Christian faith. Uh, there's also the the things you can look up, the things that you can uh, listen in the sermons, that like the, the gospel and mm-hmm. how like uh, your sins are forgiven. But I'm not here to evangelize. I'm just saying that... Uh, this is how God impacted my life and how I live in every day. And this is my background, really. Uh, I have, you know, the academic, the academic background, too, like everything I had to do to get up to this point in college. Yeah, I mean, that's important, but I mean, no one really cares. (laughs) I don't really care. Actually, I don't even talk about it. I did some it was really boring. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a lot.
1: So you are a very religious man. I am, yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, so what what do you want to do when you grow up?
0: Oh. Well, it's a pseudo dream. Uh huh. It's a, like something that I I know it's tangible. I can do it. But I don't know if, if it's really logical. Okay. It's definitely not logical. It's not profitable. So I'm going to get to the point. <laughs> but it's something that was on my mind ever since I was a kid. Um, my first dream mm-hmm. was that I had this buddy back at home. Uh, we're best friends, but we're completely opposite. Like you couldn't even tell that we're best friends, but because we're always like sleep- our friendship was really good that people knew that it was. Um, I, um, I always wanted to be something in the medical field as a kid, mm-hmm. not a doctor though. Uh, I have my own reasons for that. Um, mostly because of personal experience and being really sickly as a kid. Uh, usually the the doctors are the detectives. I have a lot of respect for doctors, except that um, there's something about being uh, present a lot and having the time to really help out someone that I really enjoy. And that's something that as a doctor, your time is so limited because you have so much responsibilities that you can't do. So that's... Mm-hmm. okay. But that in terms of that, yeah. so my dream was like something in the medical field, right? Uh, my best friend's dream was in the military. Okay. He's right now at like uh, the Naval Academy. Wow. I'm here at Emory, <laughs> right? And I'm training to become a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. He's training to be an officer. So uh, my dream as a kid was to either be a biomedical engineer mm-hmm. or a some sort of like physician. But it, 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 okay, maybe doctors could work too. Um, but my dream was that when he's in the field, right? Yeah. I'll be there to, like, heal him. i would be that one, like, support character, like, in the video game. <laughs> like, in the right? bo- yeah. yeah. It's like that one, like, th- the one carry, you know? He kills everyone, but he needs healing, and he needs all the boost and attack. I wanted <laughs> to be that person for him. So, that was the dream. It's still the dream. That's why I said pseudo-dream. Because uh, there's two parts to it. huh. Um, if I could do that in the future, I would do it hands-on. Regardless of pay, regardless of... To become a
1: military doctor?
0: Um, if, if I had the chance to be right along by side him Mm. and to, you know, heal his squad and do all that stuff, you know, I'd be so down for that. That's what, that's part one of the dream. Okay. Part two of the dream is, um, I always had the heart. I always had, um, there's something within that is calling me to go out to do humanitarian aid. Okay. Yeah. So, um. I really wanted to uh, be a nurse practitioner, a very specialized nurse practitioner in whatever field I decided to do, uh, and work for like doctors of borders, um, or whatever, like medical teams or the nationals, whatever humanitarian aid there's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, My reasons for doing it is that I don't want the title of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, okay. It's very contradictory as being a Christian, you know, You have to, uh, behave in a certain way. Uh, but, um, um, I wanted to do it because actually I wanted to do the most, the gritty stuff that people didn't want to do, which is going to areas that have, uh, the, like outbreaks and war, uh, stricken areas, places where people don't want to go. For some reason, I wanted to humanitarian aid and go into those areas um, I think it's a calling. Okay. So I'm going to go for it. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a dr- it's a dream. I yeah. don't have a lot of evidence behind it, but it's always been on my mind to do.
1: It's something that your heart is telling you to do. Yeah. It's you much. can't explain it?
0: I can't explain it. Wow. But if I could explain uh-huh. something. Yeah. Uh, if I do go, I want to serve with the right heart. And my belief in my My general philosophies, I kind of want to abide by them, and if I can, I want to teach them to other people too, which is everyone wants to survive mm-hmm. and and in to, in to survive uh, we tend to think of ourselves first in a selfish manner. So as humans, we are inherently selfish, which could encompass uh, the nature of evil because uh, so but amongst that. Uh, we all strive to become good, the rebellion behind our innate nature. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as a human being, uh, if I can, um, I want to just teach people how to be better human beings. Are we naturally good or naturally bad? I think... um, This is a philosophical question. This is a very philosophical question. I think there are roles that society puts, um, and, you know, there's this whole idea of, like, how certain things are social construct I also believe on I believe some some things are a social construct I believe that rules are also um, made to maintain peace and order mm-hmm. right but in terms of being human and being good uh not so we don't have any obligation to we really don't because um, why would you benefit another person if it could benefit you twice fold you know uh, I could every penny I own if I could save all the money I had since I was a kid to this point, mm-hmm. I could invest that into something. Why would I want to help other people? I, I There's no reason for me to, if, uh, if I didn't have the principles I grew up with. So I think that an important part about being good is that we teach people to be good. That's why we are good. We're inherently evil, mm-hmm. but uh, because we teach others to be good we tend to uh, follow that instead it's, it's being taught no one teaches to be evil yeah unless you're yeah so mm-hmm. there's teaching we're taught to be something but I think as a human being if, if if society never mandated any rules and to be a good person the golden rule to like if I help treat you someone yeah, yeah. yeah and you treat me the same way you know mm-hmm. so if no one taught us that right I think we would just do whatever we can to benefit ourselves.
1: I'm not familiar with Christianity, but is does this have something to do with like religion or is this is this oh, yeah. a similar concept in Christianity?
0: Oh yeah. Um basically if I could put it simply put, uh we're taught to okay, at least I was taught okay. that the reason why I ought to be good and to really be selfless and to help out other people is because um love others as jesus loved you mm-hmm. i've been loved, and so I love others and that's really why I really cherish the the idea of helping out others when i can't when it doesn't benefit me in any way you know and a lot of his teachings are actually very contradictory mm-hmm. they're very they're very opposite to and they're very like radical in a sense during the time because we're talking about uh like when there's okay, so Jesus grew up in a very Jewish. Okay, he grew up in the Jewish culture, right? Yeah. Under Roman and um, under Roman oppression, Depression. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he came in not as a okay, he's God, but he didn't come in like on a flaming chariot and go like, <laughs> "This is me, I'm God," right? <laughs> he came in as a poor carpenter, which is like the bottom of the bottom shelf, um, and it just amazes me how. This per this this God who came as who was born as a human, uh, like lived a very selfless life, mm. and he taught, you know, bless is the poor, because uh, you have inherited the earth, and that doesn't logically make sense because you're poor, right? Mm-hmm. But it has to do with like uh, something that's not tangible, the spirit, and I think. I think for me the reason why i do good is because uh i've been loved a lot of people follow this doctrine of because i was loved by jesus i love others right Mm -hmm. and i received a lot of it and so i do want to reciprocate that back because love honestly i feel like love has been so the the word love has been dirtied it's been it's been like misused misused a lot really and so the meaning behind the word love right uh is kind of tainted so because of that someone needs to fix that i don't know if i have the capa- uh, uh, c- capability <laughs> to you know fix it at all yeah so what i want to do is really um let my actions show what i mean okay cuz words can't right now
1: i think you answered your question you said that you didn't know why you wanted to go do human, humanitarian work It was from the heart. Mm-hmm. But earlier in the century, you told me that as a child, you were loved by your community because every single like aunt you saw was like a mom to you. Every single old person you saw was a grandma or grandpa. You lived in the community of love, and you were brought up in such a loving community that you want to spread that love to the rest of the world, and that's where that human, humanitarian heart came from. Do you think that's safe to say?
0: Uh, yes uh-huh. and no. No, okay. But mostly yes. Uh-huh. The obvious sense is yes. You grew up in a very loving household. Uh, therefore, you ought, the likelihood of you being the same way is pretty yeah. high, right? Uh, actually, it had to do a lot with a lot of personal introspection as to a lot of it was religious, um, like why am I on this earth? does God really love me and do I love myself, you know? Um, But a lot of it was beyond religion. It was uh, the mere, like how to, what is being merely human? Mm -hmm. And I decided for myself that uh, love does and you can fill out whatever comes after does, you know? And there's a lot that encompasses love. So I decided to, you know, because love is kind. Love is patient. You know. Love doesn't keep any record of wrong. And there's so much beauty behind that. And I think as humans, uh, we are vessels and we can put whatever we want in ourselves and ex- express it, right? So by putting this thing that has so much beauty, right, I feel like I can live it out. All the aspects. And it's contagious. Other people do the same too.
1: That's yeah. a beautiful metaphor.
0: It is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. alright uh, I have
1: one last question for you okay what is your favorite childhood movie and why
0: uh, well I was gonna say uh, Mulan mm-hmm. but then for some reason Space Jam is in my mind <laughs> something about Michael Jordan like, yeah. like at the very end where his arm just comes out like super long and he gets that <laughs> just okay when the bob went in like dude like all like my back hairs were like up it was just it was beautiful (laughs) something about it I love underdog stories especially underdog stories yeah underdog stories Um, I I watch a lot of TV I love when like they go against the grain you know against all odds and somehow they come out with guns flashing and everything works out sometimes it doesn't work out but the fact that they attempted to be an underdog it's really impressive and I find that really great in movies I don't like I don't like the general movie formats that said I'm not the biggest fan of Marvel movies okay Marvel comic yes Yes. but not Marvel movies
1: Mm. so you didn't like Avengers Endgame or like Infinity War
0: honestly I stopped at the original Avenger movies I didn't everything (laughs) else kind of like eh not really alright yeah it's a meme but that's about it for me
1: That's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, this is the end of the interview. Thank you you for having us, Josh. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be signing off. Thank you.